Good morning, and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, what is that shiny thing up in the sky that gives off heat? Gord doesn't know either. We're wondering. It's the sun. It's going to be a, a patio heater, exactly. It's uh, nice to see the sun out as we uh, finish off our long weekend here in May. Definitely a little bit of moisture yesterday. So, But, man, I was so surprised how many people were out yesterday still wanting to garden. So great to see everybody out, and uh, and uh, it was good to see our team down at Spruce It Up was having a blast and uh, and helping all the people out. Lots of great, great product this year. Super impressed. Our growers this year have uh, have uh, I would say nailed it. Our trees and shrubs, and we're getting all our caliper trees in next week. Got a bunch. Our first load in, and one of the hot ones, the Red Rocket. All five, we got in all five sold in the first two days. So, and those are the big caliper trees. So, anyways, it's looking like we're we're past the 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 hump a bit, and uh, still a little chilly. But these are good gardening days, nice and cool. Um, hopefully, we don't get too much more rain for a while. Hopefully, heats up a little bit. But anything under the twenty is great gardening weather. It's uh, it's nicer for your plants. It's less stressful. It's hard on them sometimes when you're planting when it's plus thirty, and then you're having to water, water, water all the time. One thing I noticed last week, we got our or one of our loads of trees in, and they're in full bloom, and it was a whole batch of gladiator crab apples, and None of the other trees around us have been leafed out or or the flowers out, but these came in. They're all fully in, in flower. I've never seen so many bees come like this from everywhere. Like they were just swarming around these these uh, crab apples just to get the pollen, and that it was just such an awesome sight. It was just, and those ones don't bug you at all. They just come and they're buzzing around like crazy. So it just, again, reminds us how important pollinators are in our garden. So whenever you have the choice or the a chance to add a pollinator, a flowering crab, or some sort of flower into your yard, it's amazing what that does for our environment. It keeps the bees going, keeps that whole cycle of life going. So anyways... So uh, I was pr- just really, really impressed to see that. And hummingbirds, we've uh, they just love it in our greenhouse. They go after the, the fuchsias and the mojito mint. They seem to be, like, hanging out around there for some reason. I guess they like mojitos. Anyways, lots of hummingbirds in the greenhouse. So anyways, it's uh, kind of cool. And uh, I know all the all the customers and the and the team down at Spruce enjoy seeing those when they're buzzing around the greenhouse. They're kind of awesome little sight. Seems a little bit early. But uh, for them, but I guess they've had enough and they want to get out and start doing their thing as well. So if you if you have your hummingbird feeder and and get your flowers out, they do love fuchsias. So if you have some, if you want to add a fuchsia hanger or a fuchsia into your pot, um, you'll definitely help attract the hummingbirds and they'll enjoy that as well. So lots of. Uh, Lots of callers coming in already, a couple, and a few texts. So if you'd like to join me on the phone lines, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are both the talk and text line. And uh, we're going to fire up our, our What's Hot in the Tree Lot. Chris from the Spruce It Up Tree Lot, she's going to join me around uh, 820 after that break and we're going to discuss what's hot in the tree lots because lots of great things one new annual we got in this year is the eucalyptus 
Um, what a great little filler put on the side of your in your planter or something like that. Just a great looking little plant and uh, looks just like the eucalyptus you see in a lot of your flower arrangements. But we got them in as a bedding out plant. So our grower grew those specially for us in our spruce it up pots. So enjoy seeing those and uh, those have been going out crazy. So anyways, lots of lots and lots of good things going on. Happy to see spring has sprung here in Calgary. I'm sure all the local independent garden centers are going crazy and uh, support them while you can. And we do appreciate it. We buy local, definitely try and buy in Alberta as much as we can as well. We have lots of local growers that we work with and our suppliers as well. So try and, uh, try and support your independent local garden center as we employ and uh, look after our, uh, our economy as much as we can as, uh, as independent business guys. So we appreciate it. Right now I'm going to go to Wanda. Good morning, Wanda. Morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, just fine. Thank you. Um, I called in last week, okay. and one of the questions I had is um, I bought some special seeds from uh, a grower up in Innisfil, okay. and I was looking for a carrot seed spreader, and they suggested I make my own seed tape. Yes. So I looked it up on YouTube, and some of them say to spread the seeds every two inches on the, seed ta- on the homemade seed tape, and some say three inches. Um, there's no, because it's a private grower I brought these seeds from, yep. there's no information on the seed tape on how uh, how far apart. What type of carrots are they? Um, they're called becks. Okay. I, I think anywhere between two and three inches, you're going to be fine. It, the main thing is spreading them out a bit before you seed is that carrot seeds are so small. And I've seen, most people waste over half of what they seed, right? Because they put and it... And that's what I don't want to do because yeah. these carrots are very expensive. <laughs> watch, <laughs> they're, they're, those they're wascally, watch those wascally wabbits. They don't get them either. Yeah. All right. Just, uh, I would go every two to three inches. Either one, I think you're going to be fine. I don't think they're jumbo carrots where they're going to be thicker than two inches wide. Um, two, I should be okay with two yeah, inches? Yeah, two inches you'll be fine. Okay. Uh, but it, it's just, that's the main reason. And seed tape, is a, is a great product, and I do like it, especially for carrots, because most people you'll see, they'll spread it in the trench of their of their row when they're growing their carrots, and then you end up thinning them out, so you end up pulling over half of what you seeded. So if you take the time and spread them out as, you, as you're doing your seed, um, when you're doing your seeding, you'll just save a lot, and you don't have to... You'll thin, save a lot of time and money. Yeah, and you don't have um, to thin them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Also, I usually grow my herbs all um, on the windows in pots yep. inside. Uh, my daughter, she has a raised, raised boxes as well. Yep. And she planted um, chives as a companion plant with her strawberries, and yep. they all came back this year. Yeah, absolutely. They're, chives are actually a pretty hardy. They're a perennial. Um, okay, would, would, would herbs like um, thyme and sage and rosemary, would they be a perennial as well? Some of them yeah. are. There's certain varieties that are, and I know there's a couple mints that will come back as well. So it's yeah. just check in when you're, when you're in there buying them and have a look. There's different varieties. Like a mojito mint isn't, but I know there's a couple of the mints that are, mm-hmm. and they'll come back. But I know there's a few herbs that will come back, and it sometimes depends on our, on our winter as well. 
But yeah, absolutely. Chives are one of those great ones and they look good in the garden. Like they just, you get that nice green spiky and they spread out a little bit. So you end up with a nice green mound and they yeah, look great. Yeah, and my daughter's chives are already coming up. And, absolutely. And, They're early. They love the earliness like that. They love coming yeah. up when it's early. So. Okay. And one more question, sure. if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, we usually add, every year we add the sheep and the uh, steer manure to our garden as nutrient. If we can't do that this year, do you think that would be okay? Because I can't really um, afford to like to to do the manure and to um, add the what they call recondition your soil. Yeah, reamend your soil. Yeah, no. Um, if you haven't done it, are you where do you get in your manure? Are you usually using bagged, or are you getting raw stuff? Or Just usually get bags from Canadian <laughs> Tire. Yeah, and right now what you can do is. Um, you just add in, just turn it over. If you've been adding it over the last couple of years, you'll be fine. You might just want to add a bit of fertilizer or something in there as well. Um, obviously, your soil does better. But sometimes with manure, it, there's always not a lot of actual fertilizer. So sometimes just mixing in that granular fertilizer in there will help out for sure. All right. Okay. Give that a try. Yeah, because I know they say you're supposed to add stuff and amend. Yeah, absolutely. No, it it does help if you can do it as much as you can. Um, There's lots of, uh, yeah, not terms. I know the city was actually giving away free compost. Um, I don't know if that was last weekend or this weekend, but they have an area too where people can go and you can scoop it into your garbage cans or bags. And they were allowing so many people, so many liters of. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm want to with the city compost. You're never sure what people are putting in there. Yeah, no, that's true. So you know, their dog waste and things <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, that's for sure. You don't. You don't know. But that's all I can say is uh, if if you can do it. If if you can't, uh, it sounds like you've been doing it over the last few years. So it sounds like you have fairly good soil. Turn it over. Add a little bit of uh, of fertilizer if you can, and that would be great. And then maybe we can uh, get away with avoiding the expense of adding yeah. the manure this year. Yeah, maybe this year just skip one year and then uh, you should be good for next year. Okay, but it is important to rotate the, absolutely. the garden. Yeah, absolutely, rotate your crops as well. Yeah, okay, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Wanda. Bye-bye. 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 Uh, all right, and I think I'm going to take a break. And when we get back, we'll uh, hit the phone lines and also chat with Chris from Spruce and see what's hot in the tree lot. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, where we have everything you need to spruce up your yard. From bulk trees, shrubs, annuals, and perennials, we got it all. Come check us out. Right on. And where am I at? I have a bunch of stuff going on here. And I'm going to go down, and we're going to chat with Chris all the way down from the Spruce It Up tree lot. How you doing, Chris? Hey, good. How are you? Good, good, good. good. How, how's everything looking in the, in the tree lot this morning? Well, it's beautiful, especially with the sun. There's no rain. All the crab apples are flowering. The lilacs are popping. I no, met, it looks really I, good. I mentioned that the other day, Chris. When remember when all the when they all came in, all the bees were over over yeah. all the. That was amazing. So yeah. So what what's what's hot this year in the tree lot? The, so what do you got in store for us down there that people should come down and see? Well, we got a lot of the a lot of the uh, crab apples are meant for smaller yards, so they stay tall and narrow. 
And we have two or three that are sterile, so they have no fruits. So you don't get the mess, but you get all the flowers. Uh, all the beautiful smells and the pollinators as well. So Absolutely. Really great. Hey, Chris, yep. and one thing that whenever I am in the tree lot and I mention uh, crab apple, sometimes you get the look of yeah. horror in their face. It's like the yeah. Game of Thrones <laughs> and the dragon coming over, going to to scorch their yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just because they just have the... the the reoccurrence dream of that of the doggle crab Absolutely. dropping all those, yeah. but we all don't even mess. really sell like we sell very few doggles anyway anymore. So most of them are a lot less messy. Is that right? Yeah, they're just they're just the ornamental ones. So they have some of them have just small berries that don't even drop, and and it's food for all the birds in the winter. So yeah, there's no mess. I always tell people these are all neutered crab apples, so they <laughs> they're they're sterile. They give you nothing but nothing but beauty. Okay, but yeah. what if you do want some fruit? What what kind of uh, apples and crabs are you guys recommending down there? So we do have the purple spire crab, which again is a really nice tall, narrow uh, crab apple, and it produces little uh, little fruits that yeah. are actually very very tasty. And the emerald spire, um, the ambassador crab has tiny fruits. Okay. Uh, that are also edible. Um, and then, of course, we have all our, our regular orchard apple trees here. Uh, we have uh, all the heirloom ones, the good lands, the September rubies, and then we have the newer, the combos and the hardy max. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. And I'm sure you got a few of those ever-popular columnar aspens around. <laughs> uh, not many, yeah. Nope. <laughs> you had a couple a, of those. We just had a huge truckload yesterday, and we have some that are already, like, 20, 25 feet tall. Nice. Uh, right down to the little five gallon. So yeah, if you're looking for those privacy, instant privacy screens, we got them here. That's probably one of your biggest questions, isn't it? Like people come in looking for some privacy. Yeah, with all the small yards now and in all the new neighborhoods, they just want instant privacy. And certainly the columnar aspens are, are the go-tos just because they're such fast growers and you can get them so tall already. Okay. Yeah. So right now people are starting to see like there's that pink flower starting to come out and and there's also the white, I think it's an ornamental plum. So what what's kind of blooming right now out in the gardens, Chris? So yeah, certainly the double flowering plum is probably the pink shrub that everybody says, oh, what's that beautiful pink shrub? That would Absolutely. be the double flowering plum. Also, the Russian almonds, uh, sometimes they get confused between the two, but they're both just as beautiful. And then the yellow one that everyone sees right now is the forsythia, and uh, that's also a really a really beautiful one that we see in early spring. As far as the trees go, what you're probably seeing right now are the maydays all covered in white, and some of the Schuberts are all covered in white as well. And isn't, isn't the one little plum, um, what's it called? It's, the it's, muckle plum? Yeah, the muckle plum. I think it's coming yeah. out real early right now as well. Yeah. So the muckle plum, for people who see those Japanese cherry blossoms that we don't have here, but all through Washington and, and of course, Japan, the muckle plum is the tree that uh, is resembles those guys the most. And they're when they flower, they're spectacular. Yeah, I'm seeing lots of those that are starting to come out right now. It's, I think it's going to be a good year for blooming. All the trees seem to be nice and full bloom, so hopefully we have a good show this spring yeah. and uh, end up with something and then some good fruit later on for some of the fruiting trees as well. Yeah, yeah, you bet. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate hey, your no time. And have a great day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Keep the rain away, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. All right, and uh, that's Chris from down at the Spruce It Up Tree Lot. Full of knowledge, always out there helping everybody. She loves uh, she loves her trees, and, and uh, we love having her down there. She does a great job. And we're going to go to Denise right now, and she wants to talk about trees as well. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. How can we help you? Send some rain to Hannah. Oh, you guys didn't get any of this rain? 
had about two tenths all spring. Oh, really? Yeah, we had about 25 mils yesterday, and I know just south of us, they had like 75 mils, so. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, no, we're dry. But I have two trees, and one's a pear tree. Yeah. And it's kind of a baby. Well, it's about four years old maybe, but it's it's about three feet tall now, and it's really healthy and beautiful, but it looks like a bush. Yeah. And I was wondering how to trim that up, is or there do one, I? Is there one, like, is there, does it look like there's one pr- predominant trunk? Yeah, there is. Okay, what you can do is just trim off some of the lower ones. Okay. Just prune them off. Just don't go too tight to the trunk. Leave a l- not too much. You'll sort of see there's a little collar. Just prune on the on the other side of there's a little collar there. Yes. And just prune that up. Give it a little bit of a of a trunk, and then as it grows, you can limb them up a bit more. Well, and there's other ones coming up from below too. I just didn't mm-hmm. like. Some of them, you just once they get trained a bit, they will do that, and then they'll get used to when you prune them at the bottom. If you, if long as it, as long as it wasn't cut right at the bottom when it was young, because then they they'll keep trying to be a shrub. Okay. But typically, like those, they they can definitely be a tree. So. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. And also, I have a mountain ash. Yeah. Now. I don't know how old it is. I'm sure it's quite old. I've been here 10 years, and it was big then. So, okay. uh, But it, the main trunk had cracked. So part of the tree mm. sort of all on the east side is dying or dead. Yeah, I know. I've seen a lot, lots of frost crash this year. When we had that really, really long, cold spell, and with it being so dry in the ground, we, we have seen a lot of frost cracks on some of the harder wood trees. One thing I'd really recommend, just try and clean it up as best you can. You can spray a, a biofungicide in there, a natria, and then you can fill it like with a product called lac balsam. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's the only really one that I'd use to seal. It's a breathable bark replacement, and just fill the crack right in as much as you can with that. And uh, and that should help out when they get big cracks in them, and once they start dying in there, sometimes there's not much you can do though with a mountain ash. I would just sort of watch it. If 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 you see the bark start changing that certain color, I would almost you might lose the tree. Unfortunately. Well, it's not doing that yet. Um, okay, so stuff- seal it up as soon as you can. I would spray it with the biofungicide first, let it dry really well for a day, and then then seal it up with the lac balsam. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Hey, and I did not thank, I want to thank Joanna Chudy and Cass Smythe last week for filling in with for me. And I was down uh, having a little bit of fun down in Nashville. So I thank you, ladies, and uh, happy belated Mother's Day to both of you for for coming in on Mother's Day and uh, filling in. I listened a little bit on the Radio Player app, and uh, you guys did a great job. Thank you again. Great to hear your voices. And let's go down to Lethbridge, and we're going to chat with Megan. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. Did you guys get the rain that we got? Yeah, we did. I'm not sure what we got, but it rained steady Friday and Saturday. So yeah, pretty much the same here. Much needed down here. So. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, no, I just prefer it not on the weekends. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, how can I help you? So, um, 
we have two ash trees on our yard, okay. and we suspect they're 30 or 40 years or older. They're fairly big. Are they like the big green ash, or, or the yeah. mountain ash, or? I'm not sure which type. Okay. Do they get red berries or anything? No, they okay, don't. Okay. They'll probably just a regular green ash then. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, the first year we were here, they, they were just fine and beautiful and leafed out. Last year, they leafed out, but they went to seed. Yeah. It seemed like they might have had some serious stress 10 years before we moved here. And this year, there is, they're not even budding at yeah, all. Yeah, they're one of the last to bud out and one of the first to lose their leaves. So what I would do is get a soaker hose out right now and put yeah. it out around the drip line and let it soak in all day long, even after this rain. And then even if you can give them a shot of fertilizer, like a 20-20-20 or yeah. even the Rage Plus, I, I think some of the garden centers down there have that. Um just give it a really good soaking, like get those water. It's just ash, and a lot of the real hardwood trees have had a hard time with our really drought that we've had over the last few years, and there's yeah. just nothing down there, especially when the trees get that big. There's not a lot of moisture in it because you got to think how much moisture does it need to fulfill all that foliage, right? Yeah. And, and they're just not getting it. So right now is a real good time because they're just starting to send out all their leaves, so put the soak rose out there all the way around the drip line and let it soak in there. Like go eight hours a tree at least. Do it a couple times a week because you're not wasting the water on those drip, those sweating hoses. It just all goes right into the root system right where you need it. Right. And then give them a good shot of the fertilizer, either Rage Plus or 20-20-20. Give them something just to give them a boost. They're, they're just sitting there. And it's a natural defense. If they, can't, if they don't have enough energy in their, in their system... They won't go like there is. There's nothing there. They know just to shut down. They'll go dormant. Like that's like even on the drought, you'll see sometimes trees will just drop all their leaves, and they, that's just their mechanism, like self defense mechanism. It just I'm going to shut down and until uh, I can revive my moisture. So, but if it goes on too long, then they end up dying. But if you can get some moisture in there, if, if they were fully leafed out last year, I, I think you have a very good chance of getting them going. Okay, yeah, there is some green stems growing off the main trunk near the bottom of it. Yeah, so just, yeah, hit it with some water and some fertilizer. Just go really hard these next couple of weeks. Okay. Alrighty? Awesome. Good luck. Let me know. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, always good. And we're seeing a lot of that on our big spruce trees and that around town. It's just, again, that slow, deep watering and the fertilizer for your evergreens, the 30-10-10, they just need to get out with the hose, even after all this rain, hose them all down. <coughs> Whoops, excuse me. And it makes a big difference. Just wash all that dust, all the bugs out of them. And then the slow, deep pruning or slow, deep watering on your evergreens makes all the difference. I've never seen so many evergreens um, in a desiccation mode right now. We're seeing it all over town. So it's been just so dry, dry, dry. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with... Dale. Good morning, Dale. Um, thank you. I, I heard you mention uh, compost. Yep. I was out at, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was out at Heritage Park. They got uh, beautiful gardens out there. Yes, they do. I uh, got off the beaten path, and uh, they had a great big pile of compost out there. Yeah. I don't know whether it's available to the public or not. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm going to say I, I probably don't think so. It could be, but I know they do a lot of their own self-sustainable gardening. So they, they make their own compost. They do a lot of that because they do try to, 
um, fall in line with the heritage, right, with being Heritage Park. So they do try to do the composting in some of the other areas where they do that. So. And someone else mentioned to me <coughs> about a mushroom farm out in Airdrie. Yep, that's Money's Mushroom. And you can get the compost from them. The only thing you got to watch, sometimes it's a, it's a fairly high salt content, and there's no nutrients in it. It's really just, it's organic matter. So it, it, it's good for just adding that organics to your soil, but you got to watch. Sometimes it's a little bit high in salt content. And uh, how, do, how does it compare <clears throat> to the city composting thing? Well, the city compost, and I'm not sure how the city does it. They have their compost, and I'm not sure if they're putting it through that big machine that they have. If that's the case, that cooks all the bad stuff and makes it into really good compost. And the city's trying to use that with the recycle bins, right? So they're putting all that, or all the organics that we throw into our green bin, they put it through that big machine, big composting machine, and it it cooks it all within, I think, a, a two weeks or something like that, rather than the, the year it takes to naturally compost. So Yeah, I was just curious about... Uh what the difference was between them. But, yeah. But Heritage Park has beautiful gardens. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, they spend a lot of time, and they do it the old-fashioned way. They feed their soil. So. And every year, around October, they have that big sale. Yeah, they have the big uh, produce sale. That's right. Yeah. Okay, that's all, that's all I had. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I think I probably have... I'm going to go... I actually just to the. I'm going to do a few texts before the break. Hi, Merle. Is there something up with the evergreens in Sundance turning to rust color? Yeah, and I used to live in Sundance, just moved away from there. Absolutely. And those all around Sun Mills Drive, they're horrendous. Like they've just been, um, they're decimated just from the drought mainly. I don't think there was any of the needle cast. I know I called the city when I was living there because I was concerned. And the, and the city arborist guy went out and he. Um, tested and he looked for the needle cast and there wasn't any, it was mainly just desiccation. So again, and whoever texts this in from Sundance, as you know, I call it death row. The trees are on the center meridian on Sun Mills. They have all these great big elm trees and no one waters them and they just sit out there and they get scorched every year. It's just, it's, it's nasty. It's nasty. It's nasty. So anyways, I, um, I would, uh, if people live in Sundance and you have an extra hose and you live across from one of those elm, give them a little bit of water throughout the summer and then you guys get to enjoy some nice trees and uh, and help out there. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I've seen when I was living in Sundance. And I see it around town a fair bit, just some of the trees planted in the wrong spots and without the proper maintenance. And uh, But today's not my day to get on the city rent. I don't think I, don't think I need to do that. But right now I'm going to take a break as Gord gives me the nod. It's time for a break, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Mel. Good morning, Mel. Hello. Hello there. How are you? Wild and woolly. <laughs> That's um, how we like them. It's the West, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, how can Mel, we help you, Mel? I've got a bunch of amaryllis. Yep. And when the leaves died back, yep. some were as much as six inches at, from the top of the bulb. Yep. How far do I cut those right down yeah. to the bulb? Yeah, just let them dry totally out. 
And there's let all that in. They're not drying. They're just staying like four, five, and six inches of stem that's still green after been dried out for two months. Oh, really? (laughs) You have you have one that so you could just you could just cut those off then, but typically they should just start dying back, and uh, and then the leaves all died back. Okay, that's perfect. You know, and but I've still got. Like I say, five, six inches of stem that's still green, and it's been two months out of the earth. Okay, so what I would do is you take all the leaves off, and you can cut that stem off, and then yeah. just then put them dormant for, like I said, 10, 15 weeks or whatever you like, yeah. and then uh, rejuvenate it, and, uh, and then go from there. Okay, I just didn't want to put this stem in, uh, in the cold, and it rot. I was wondering if I should chop it off. Yeah, I would. I would cut it off. Absolutely. You're a good man, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care, Take care Mel. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and let's go up to Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning. How can we help you? I have a paper birch tree in the backyard, about thirty years old. Yeah. Three main trunks. One probably. 16 inches in diameter. The other two are probably 10 or, 10 or so inches. Yeah. The two smaller ones are very weak. There's very few leaves on it. The other one is full. It's got great seeds on it, lots of leaves. So, so why would only two trunks be weak, if I can call it that? Um, and I guess part of these are all living things. And I guess sometimes one of them just doesn't um, survive quite the same as the other ones. And a lot of it is is because of our drought, and it's been hard on birch trees. You see birch die back a lot from the top as well. Is there anything on the third one that isn't doing much, or is it pretty much? No, it's, it's pretty full. Okay. And they're not dying back from the top either. It's just that the whole two trunks, and they're large. The tree is yep. probably 40, 40 feet high. Yeah, you were saying. And, and those two... Um, those two trunks there last year, the leaves were thinner than the than the other main trunk, and yep. this year, I'm not even sure there's any. The buds are on there, but there's no leaves coming out yet. On so what I would do is might... is put the give that a really good soaker hose, like I recommend to the to the other person with that with an ash tree, but the birch the same thing. Put the soaker hose and birch love Rage Plus. And I know I have a uh, another texter that called in about the Rage Plus. And just follow the directions. On a tree like that, I would probably give it five five-gallon pails around the drip okay. line. And they respond really, really well to the Rage Plus. So Okay. And okay. But give it a really good soaking, especially after this rain. It's a good time to just give it a little bit more water and then uh, put the Rage Plus down on it. And the birch trees love Rage Plus. It it, just, okay. it it works really well. I've seen it where there's nothing on it, and all of a sudden it just fully leaves out again. So, All right, we'll give it a try. Awesome. And please let me Thank know. You. I'm always curious to see um, the results from some of our advice. So, All right. Thanks, Take Don. Care. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. And I got a few texts that I'm going to go to. And I'm pla- oh, here, yeah, planning on raging my tree right away, going to use the hose end sprayer about 16-inch diameter. How much concentrate? Um I would mix it into pails and uh, or set your setting to whatever the, the dial is. And I'm not sure the exact. I think it's, it's 10, 15 mils per liter of water. 
and uh, and then go that way. Just follow the directions, and I'm not totally sure what sprayer you have, so I, I can't really say what's, what setting to have it on as well. And another one, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned a product you can put in your pond to prevent algae, and what it is, it looks like a little dishwasher dissolving bag. It's called Bactra Pond. And it's actually a really good product. It was created by um, a farmer here in Alberta, and he used it for his dugout to keep the algae out. And it's uh, it's an organic product, and you put it right in your pond, and it, it works really, really well trying to keep... Um, Keeping the algae out of your out of your uh, out of your pond, and and I got one here for what should we use for black knot? We can't find serenade. the The replacement was um, natria, and we still have some of that. I know it's it's changing now too. Again, sometimes these products in Canada, they have a hard time doing it. We just don't have the population, it seems, sometimes. And the Americans have bought everything up, so they don't really worry about us a whole lot up here. So, um, but we do have some notria still in stock. The best thing is to get an arborist in, get that black knot cut out. I know Mark and the guys here at Prune It Up have done a fair bit of that cleanup. And uh, so really, really important. I've seen some nasty ones. So if you're looking out at your tree and you see these black knots all over your, it looks like burnt marshmallow all over your tree, definitely get it looked after. It's a very contagious, it's an airborne spore that uh, when the birds land on a certain time of year or even just the wind, it gets uh, it gets going all over the place. So anyways, and... I think it's time for a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Marie. Good morning, Marie. Oh, good morning, Merle. How, how are you today? How, good, good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You know, I was at my rental house the other day, and it's full of dandelions along. I couldn't believe it. I got a shock. Yeah, this time of year is when they sprout up like crazy. So what, what can be done about it? Well, there's a product you can use. It's just the Killex. You just... Uh, and I just go through and you spray the lawn, you spray all the dandelions, and it's a, it's a selective herbicide, so it only kills the green that's broadleaf, and it won't kill your grass. Oh, I see. So you spray all the dandelions. And then if you switch over to, if you use our Green It Up on a regular basis on your lawn, it'll choke out a lot of dandelions. You know what? I bought that from your place, the yep. Green It Up. Yep. Like a miracle. My lawn was never so green and lush, <laughs> I tell you. So you got to use that on your rental property too. No, oh, I can use it then afterwards, right? Yeah. Once uh, I put that Kilex on, how long should I yeah, leave it? A couple days, two or three days. And then I can put that on, that green yeah. it up? Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful, that's wonderful. So could you use that at your house, the green it up, and it worked I've- well? My house, and there were spots like I never had grass growing. Yeah. It's growing now. Yeah. No, it's, it fills right in. I, I know in the house I just took over, the people before us had a dog, 
yeah. they didn't really look after it. So I have spots everywhere, but I'm amazed at how fast it's filling in. I gave yeah. it a really good dose of the green it up at the beginning of the season here a couple yeah. weeks ago, and it's just filling in like crazy. So, I mean, it, you had such a great idea to do that. You yeah, know? it works good, and it uh, feeds the roots. And with our heavy soil, you need to get the roots down nice and deep. So I can see it for myself. I mean, it's a miracle, really. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And can I ask you what uh, I like bees in my yard do? What attracts? Uh, oh, all your pollinators, like any of the like crab apples and so many of the perennials, like the echinaceas and coneflowers, bee balm. Oh. Yeah, there's all kinds. Like in, if you go to the garden center, like we have whole sections of like most of the, all the flowering flowers. They just they totally attract all the bees. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, you do a wonderful job, I tell you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the feedback. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye, Marie. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I think I got time for one more quick call. We'll go to Tony. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Merle. Um, I have a problem with, I have a beautiful spruce tree. It's 10 years old. It's in the backyard. And all of the ends have all, it looks like something's eating all the new growth from the from the tip of it into... Yeah, uh, is it kind of curling over? Uh, like, at least at, just at the end? Uh, let me just, I'm just going to look out the window and see. If it looks like it's kind of hollowing out and swelling up, it's probably the spruce gall aphid. Okay. No, it's just gone all straight. It looks like something is eating it, eating those damn, these new branches mm-hmm. right to the very tip. And the tip still has some little bit of green growth on it, but it's gone right up from the bottom of the tree to almost the very top. Okay. You could have spruce budworm as well. That okay. gets in there. If you if you're able to take a picture and just text it to the same number that you okay. phoned on, um, and then that way I can have a quick look at it. Yeah, and, is that nine seven four eight two five five? That's correct. Okay, I'll do that, Marla. I'll All send right. that to you. Thanks, okay. Tony. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And uh, I got one of our listeners. He sent in a gorgeous picture. He wants to grow some mandarin trees. In his, uh, he made some Batu planters, gorgeous, and a gorgeous chocolate lab sitting there beside Gardenum. <laughs> it looks great. And will Macintosh trees grow in Alberta? I have halfway between Brooks and Anna. Absolutely, we have a we have an apple tree called the Hardy Mac, and it's one that is part of the Macintosh family. It was actually found here in Calgary, and it's been put into production long time ago. It's been one of those tried and true. Um, performing apple trees that does very, very well. And uh, there's quite a few of really nice apples, but if you want the Macintosh, definitely the Hardy Mac is a great variety. And I know there are some great apples out there, but I'm wondering if there's any other fruit trees that can be successfully grown in the Drumheller area. Absolutely. You can do apricots, pears, only certain, but not the apricots that you get in BC. These ones are a little bit different. And same with the plums. There's quite a few. There's plums, and then a lot of the sour cherries, especially down in Drumheller, you'll be able to grow all kinds of fruit. So um, hit your local garden center, or if you're heading in towards Calgary, come visit us. Um, we have lots of a big fruit section, um, as that's been a growing market. So, yeah, lots we can grow here in Calgary. So we're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with 
Where are we at? Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me, I had bought some strawberries, and a lady in the nursery was saying that I could leave them out um, in a cedar, ba- like the cedar planter baskets. Yep. I could leave them out all winter, and they'd be fine. Um, maybe. Depends how big the basket was. Um, if it's a fairly big pot, yeah, it is. Yeah, then typically you can water it in well, maybe mulch it over a bit, because they have fairly ru- small root systems. I know I leave a lot of like sedum and hens and chicks and things like that in pots, like those little succulents, and they they winter no problem. And I have had strawberries winter in pots, but again, it has to be a good size pot, and then just water in really well once they're dormant in the in the fall and winter. Okay. May I ask another question? Of course. Um, so my son is 30 years old, and he's taken over half my vegetable garden. Nice. He's in an apartment, and I want him. He, he loves the idea of gardening, so Abs- I want him to encourage, yeah, I want to encourage absolutely. that. So he saw on YouTube, and we're going to try it this year, or he's going to try it. Um, he bought some seeds, um, the little sugar pumpkins. Yep. And he's going to grow them, and then he's going to hang them on a trellis. Yep. So what kind of um, organic fertilizer would he need? Um, There is a couple out there. There's one that you can just use, like a Groundskeeper's Pride. And any of our Evolve products, like the Rage Plus is a great one for those. Rage Plus. Yep, that's a great fertilizer. We have a couple organic fertilizers in the store. Okay, and I don't need any special numbers or... Um, with the Rage Plus is a great one for, for um, the pumpkins. Uh, one thing you're just going to, if he's growing up the trellis, he might have to um, like use the, like even pantyhose or something sometimes to, to hold the fruit. Yeah, we, we've, I've been collecting, you know, the bags of onions, the net? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I'm reusing, right? Yeah. Um, so I've I call them little bras, and he doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, and now that I've seen some people do some neat things, like they've had, um, and they've created certain shapes. Like sometimes they put the fruit inside something. It'd be neat to try, like put inside a box and and see if it'll make it go square. Really? Yeah. Like it, I've seen them grow certain things, and then they... And they'll just, it'll form to whatever, like if it was a square box, you can get some square pumpkins. It'd be neat to try because I know with the sugar pumpkins, you get quite a few. Mm-hmm. So that'd be kind of fun. So could, could, could you do that with acorn squash too? Um, I'm not sure. I think they're a little bit big. You probably could though. Yeah. Because okay. they just grow and they fill up and then they just sort of go whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Give it a try. Okay. Awesome. You'll Thanks. be your next YouTube sensation. Yeah. Okay, thank you. The square pumpkin lady. Yeah. <laughs> and her son. There oh, you okay. go. Cool. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, if you're not having fun, what are you doing? Eh? All right. We're going to go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Hi. Hey, how can I help oh. you? Um, I bought some Green It Up last week, and okay. I just don't know, um, do I need to, like, does it need to be dry? Before I put it down, um, it can be like if you want to do it today, it would be totally fine. It's one that there's no. I think it used to be when people used to have the weed and feed, they worried about if it's wet or raining or whatever. Right. Really, you can put the green up down at any time, whether it's wet, dry, whatever. It doesn't matter. And uh, so, really, you have to water it in after. You don't have to, um, but it de- it definitely doesn't hurt to start getting the fertilizer to work. It needs the water to start dissolving the. 
um, the little pellets to get the fertilizer into the ground. So absolutely, water does help, but it's not uh, absolutely necessary. So Okay. And I bought a nine-kilo bag, so I guess I'd use about a third of that. Yeah, it depends how big your lawn is. And that's it's it covers that one will cover at the spring feeding um, ratio. It that'll cover three thousand square feet. Okay. So, I have no idea how big it is. So if you go, if you measure the length and the width of your lawn, so length times yeah. width. Right, so if it's yeah. fifty by ten, that's five hundred square feet. So, okay. so just measure roughly how how much you got, and then uh, allocate so much fertilizer for that. And if you give a little extra, if you haven't used it before, you're fine. Okay. All right. And yeah, and also um, last year you told me to use something on my Japanese beetles, and yep. I can't remember if it was. Pure Spay Green or Rage Plus? No, I have the, both, the, and that's why I don't yeah, remember. The Rage which. Plus is the feed, and then the, for the for the Lily Beetle, yeah, the, the Pure Spray Green has worked very well. And then there's also a spray, um, it's Kills, it's sort of like an end-all, and that's been working really well. Those things are nasty. They seem to be tough little biggers. They are, but it really helped last yep, year. I didn't have near green. as many as I used yep. to. And do a really good cleanup right now, early spring, and even give the ground a bit of a soaking because they're down in there, yeah. and uh, and that'll definitely help out. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we going to go up to Lyle? Good morning, Lyle. Hey, good morning. I got a patch of asparagus, well, I had last year anyway, about yep. six feet square, and there's quite a few little plants. Some I planted a couple of years ago, and some are older. Anyway, it's getting overgrown with grass, I see, now, and so I'm thinking, how do I get rid of the grass? I can't really dig it up because I'll dig up the asparagus. No. Uh, that's my problem. Um I really don't like using the Roundup in among... Um, it, one thing, too, yeah. if you just put, a, like, a like a cylinder over top of some of the bad grass areas and just spray the Roundup down in there like that. Or you just got to use a, like a three-prong cultivator and dig it up as much as you can and try and get as much root and just sort of have to keep at it. But won't I dig up the asparagus roots too? Um, a little bit, that's- but that's fine. Like as long as you're, it depends how close you're getting. Some of it you might have to get down there and, and dig. But if you're around cultivating the roots, that's fine. Well, should I wait and see? Right now, I don't see the asparagus. I just see the grass. Should yep. I wait till the asparagus starts popping up and then do it? Um, I I, I I think if the grass is already coming, I'd go at it now. Maybe to round up the whole thing because <laughs> asparagus isn't. I yeah, got, it, it isn't up, and and some people are fine with that. I'm not, and the guy who invented it or created Roundup, he drinks it, but I, I didn't say I would ever drink it. Honestly, <laughs> well, he does that. It's, him, so he, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I know the guy at the thing, he'll do it at a trade show. And the guy's a bit of a kook, I guess, but whatever. Uh, he's just okay. trying to prove how safe it is, but I, 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 I wouldn't do that. But <laughs> there's nicer oh, things to drink think. than that. Um, but. Yeah, I think everything with caution, right? Like, yeah. I would use as little as possible, just get it on the foliage of the grass. I wouldn't go soaking yeah. my soil with it. But if you just put it over and just and just get like a soup can, cut the bottom and top off each one and put it over top and then just spray in there like that. 
And now what you're saying, put a soup can over top of each asparagus plant no, and then spray. No, that or the over top of the grass and then just spray then, down the center of the tube. Oh, and I that, see. Cut it. Yeah, I got it. Yep. And that way it creates a, a barrier where the spray yep. only stays on what you're spraying. Yep. Got it. Thanks, Merrill. All right. Appreciate good luck. That. Thanks, Lyle. Yep, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we're going to go to Margo. Good morning, Margo. Hello. Hi uh, there. How are you? Good. I, I, my garden last year wasn't great, and I thought it was my fault. Maybe yep. I hadn't watered. But this year, I know what the problem is, and it's the birds. So when I planted <laughs> yep. some grown lettuce started at 11 in the morning, by 6 it had all been eaten to the ground. And, and they're picking up all the seedlings. So I've been hanging up shiny things and mylar ribbon, but yep. they... they and the peas, I know last or two weeks ago, somebody <clears throat> phoned about peas yeah. not growing. Well, they're growing, and then they're being eaten. Yeah, I know, and we have, the, we have the owl that has the movable head that moves in the wind. Those yeah. actually work fairly good as a deterrent as well. And on the smaller things, you might want to just lay bird netting down on the ground over top. Okay, because I have put some chicken wire down, but I've seen where they've climbed under the chicken wire. When they can, yeah, and, no, and, the, and those are always the ones that you end up on YouTube or something again, where you don't want to be the person who killed the magpie or something, right? Yeah, uh, but but oh yeah, they they'll do anything to get at it, right? And it's it it's a tough one, especially if they know and they'll come back. They know, hey, Margot Margot puts weird. great lettuce at her house, and it's about time yeah. the buffet's coming up. It's starting today, so off they and come. And the one lettuce they really liked, I mean, it was literally eaten to the ground in four hours. I, I we got a robin like right now we got I mentioned earlier we got a whole bunch of hummingbirds and they're starting to come into the greenhouse because they love all the fuchsias but we also have this one pesky robin that likes to set up a nest in there so we're just trying we're we're, we're in amongst I got eight thousand trees outside in the in the forest all around us just go out there and not in the greenhouse because when they have the babies then they start dive bombing at all the customers which I I can't really have so it's we're just trying to deter the nest at the beginning and uh, and get her outside to do her thing so. But yeah, does, bird, does feeding them make the problem worse? Like we've I been feeding them all winter, so they know that this is a food area. Um, I guess they could, but I wouldn't think so. Like, okay. yeah, and I haven't heard a lot of them going after lettuce and things like that. I think um, you've got some that you've it's created begun. a connoisseur <laughs> of for this lettuce. So, um, I would just I would just try and then use a bit of a deterrent mm-hmm. for a bit, like put the. The like you've done the yeah. wire and shiny things. Mylar <laughs> yeah. mylar ribbon is really helpful. Okay, awesome. If you carry that, I don't know. That does help. Um, one more quick question. Of course, I've got. We've got quite a few fruit trees, and the apple pear has produced really well every year. And all the other trees, like our pear and things, are plum are all in bloom. Are got lots of buds, but this year the apple pear only has, you know, maybe ten percent of its normal. Spurs. Yeah, and what same thing I've been saying. To, yeah, same thing I was going to say to some of the other. We've just when things go to bed really dry. <coughs> excuse me. It's it's that's what's happening. And the pear again, like an apple, the real hardwood. So if they don't have the moisture when they go to bed, there's just nothing for them to when they go in the spring to shoot out all the new nutrients. So again, put the soaker hose on it. I would give it some Rage Plus and uh, give it a really good feeding that way. Okay, because it's leafing out. It's just not going to have flowers. Yeah. 
So okay. definitely, or even 15, 30, 15, it might be too late to get your blooms this year. Yeah, I think so. But you, you'll, you'll store the phosphorus for next year. So again, then feed it with 15, 30, 15. Okay, 15, 30, 15. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, where we have everything to spruce up your yard, from bulk bins to trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials. We got it all. Come down and check us out. And right now, uh, I'm going to go. I got quite a few texts that... uh, I wouldn't mind reading a couple. And actually, Pat sent in a good um, hint um, for Roundup. Um, Roundup with quackgrass. He used, I use a proper chemical gloves with cloth gloves over top, and then he soaks the glove, and then he runs his fingers all over the grass. That's a great idea. So put the good chemical glove on first, put the cloth glove over top. That works like a sponge. Dip it into the Roundup uh, mixture, and then just, just rub your hands all over all over that, and uh, and that should definitely help out. And what else do I got? Good morning. A lot of quackgrass in our on. We fertilized five times and tried to cut it every three days. It seemed to more quackgrass than ever before. One thing I'd say is what type of fertilizer are you using? And and typically, if you're just if you're using like a thirty ten or a thirty two zero four, you're just going to keep feeding the quackgrass. So. I would again. I would suggest switching to our Green It Up fertilizer, and it will make really competitive roots of your real grass, and it'll choke out the the eventually the quack grass. Depends how bad it is. If it's so bad, you might have to look at just roundupping the whole thing and starting fresh. But uh, typically, that is your last uh, last route of, of defense. If you use the the green it up, you should see quite a bit of difference. You'll because the bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass, is quite an invasive species as well, and it'll choke out a lot of these other grasses and weeds as well. So give that a try. But right now, I'm going to go to High River. We're going to chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Mary. Uh, she's on her, I'm on the radio, she's waiting a bit. Good morning, Mary. Hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Great. Awesome. Million dollar rain. Yeah, that was nice, wasn't we it? three inches. Wow. Oh, it's wonderful. How was your nice trip? It was awesome. Good, went, went down enjoyed to, it. Yeah, I went down to Nashville, yeah. never been there before, Did so it was fun. Listen to a little bit of cowboy music? Yeah, no, all weekend long, lots of honky-tonk. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, wanted to go, I wanted to go there. I have a nephew there, but one of these, maybe in my dreams I'll go. I see, I, I listen to Western Well, they do, direct, yeah, WestJet does direct flights down there, and it's actually yeah. only a three-hour flight i was surprised and yeah i know you can get there really quick yeah around branson and nashville and yeah it goes yeah. Right, in, right into nashville Good. and uh nice break Mara. yeah great lots yeah. of parks lots of history lots of neat architecture oh, yeah there is lots of yeah. but Did no one thing nelson come into i know i didn't see him <laughs> No, he's still over in Hawaii on his pot farm. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice, Mary, though, all their local art that they have around the city, they it's it's kind of a weird thing. They use they use local artists. What oh, a oh, what good. a concept, hey? Well, you that's what that's what Calgary should do. I don't get it. Like we bring no, all this stuff in either. from New York or whoever. We have so many talented artists oh, here in Calgary. Wonderful. 
wonderful. I could even draw a circle cat. You know, because we went on the hop on, hop bus tour and yeah. sort of seen all the things. But whenever Good. they mentioned the art, it, it was always done by somebody local and things like that. So I just think, what a concept. And I'm being yeah. sarcastic there. Well, and that's what should be done. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you we have know, so that. many great people here that can, yeah. are, are artists that are local. That's right. And um, support our local economy, that's our local right. talent. Don't put, uh, $50 million into junk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't get on that. All right, garden. let's talk about your sour <laughs> cherry trees. Oh, I have one. Okay. It's pretty sad looking. It is the saddest looking thing you ever saw. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know if it's going to make it or not. There's green sprouts coming out of, out of the crooks, you know, in the yeah. weather. I don't think it's going to make it. And some of them... They don't winter too good, do no, they? No, and, and they are having, I was talking to some of the growers, and they're having a a little bit of issue with some of the romance yeah. series, not wintering. Yeah. And a lot of it is not getting put to bed properly. Well, they're, you know, I do. Yeah, I absolutely. water all the time. But yeah, that's I have sort a well, of a, and I just lay the hose and, and water. But it, it hasn't been the best winters for a lot of those yeah. things, because we're going to bed really dry. And that's what's yeah. really hard on all those hardwoods, like all yeah. our fruit trees, all those. We need to do really good fall watering. And yeah. when we had that extended period of that minus 30 like that, yeah. it, it, it was hard on a lot of the trees. Well, and some of them maybe aren't quite for this zone, too. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any in the lot? Yeah, we have lots. I like to change. I yeah. like to. We have lots of cherries. Another one. Yeah. No, we because quite a few. I, li I like them, you know, and. They're kind of neat and they're pretty. The, the Evans cherry is one that is definitely proven. Oh, okay. And it's it's a sour cherry as well. Yeah, do you and think it'll make it before I die? Absolutely. <laughs> I, the last time I seen you, it looked like you had a couple years left in you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the fellow stole my hint about the Roundup. That's what I do. Yeah. I put I put rubber gloves on. Yeah. And and then the cotton gloves. Oh, yeah. And that works perfect for old quack. Absolutely. Yeah, I got rid of it almost everywhere. Awesome. Because you could dig to China and still get roots. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Thanks, enjoyed Mary. Joanna and, Kath. and uh, Cass, yeah. the two diamonds, your brass. <laughs> there you go. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Bye, okay. Mary. Thanks, Mer. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right. Um, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. You're going to chat with Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I have a weeping birch in my backyard that's like 35 years old. It's very large. Yeah. Um, how far down do the roots go? And if I do the Rage Plus, do I have to poke holes into the ground? Uh, you can, and we also do the deep root fertilizer as well. If you if you want it done, we have a deep root injection that we're doing the Rage Plus as well Okay. Um, through our Prune It Up department. But yeah, put your soaker hose on and just soak it in really good. And you can just pour it out. It doesn't hurt to poke some holes in to help get it down. Um, you don't have to do it, but it, it definitely doesn't hurt. See, I know that, you know, the roots go out as far as what Yeah, the, the drip line. Do, yeah, right? and they even go a little further. But, but the thing is, I'm wondering how deep they go because 
if they're going under my garage. Depends how close it is to the garage, but they will typically, a lot of times they'll go around things like that, like, because they, they kind of know that there's, like, depends how deep the footing is and that. Yeah. But now, definitely the, roots will go under things, and, uh, but the birch isn't known for, it doesn't have a big, huge, invasive root system. Yeah, so. not like a willow. Yeah. Now, does it hurt to, um, because I have a, you know, sort of a garden plot close to the garage, and I put mulch on there. Does that hurt the birch? No, not at all. Okay. No, you should be fine. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, and we're going to go to Cheryl. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. How can I help you? I have, uh, two years ago, I bought an Annabelle hydrangea. Yep. um, And I planted it on the north side, and it was in bloom when I bought it. Uh, and it continued to flourish. I got new buds and new blooms, okay. and it was just lovely. Uh, but last year, uh, all I got was foliage. And to begin with, I raged it yeah. a few times. And then when I didn't see any buds coming, then I uh, thought, oh, boy, I better use something different. So I did use the 15, 30, 15. And I got nothing. And so did I leave it too late to use that fertilizer? Yeah, and you see what happens this year, because we probably built up the phosphate in there this year, which will help produce more blooms. Because um, typically, like, Annabelle are usually pretty tried and true. Was the was the foliage nice and green? Yes, it was lovely. Okay, well, then that, that tells me, though, it has enough light and, and it's doing, because it, it usually does well on the north side anyways. So I just think it was probably lacking the... And you're sure it was uh, Annabelle? Well, that, that's the tag says. Yeah, okay. And it dies right back to the ground and then it comes up from the ground? Yes, I yep. waited last year. I had done my homework and I looked online and it said uh, some hydrangeas grow from the old growth. So yep. I waited until I could see where it was coming from and it was coming from the ground. Yep. So when I cut off the, the old... <clears throat> but then I thought, well, maybe it's not getting enough sun but it you know in, in the height of summer it gets a few hours in it, the that's it's lots i've seen it grow right on the north side i had neighbors um when i was living sun at and so right on the north side a little bit of east exposure and the biggest blooms possible it's the one shrub that i've seen actually perform really well in the shade mm-hmm. um so it's one i do recommend for shady spots Okay. So um, I, I just think, let's see what it does this year. Hopefully when you fertilize it last year, give it another shot of the 15, 30, 15 here this spring and build that phosphate up when it's starting to grow. And uh, let's hope we get some blooms. And please let me know. Like okay. call me back later in, in June or July when it should be pumping out some blooms. Okay. And one other thing, yeah. after I, and maybe this has something to do with it, after a few weeks, um, uh, when it was blooming, uh, it, they turned lime green. From they turned from the beautiful white to lime green. Um, usually it goes the other way, <laughs> to be honest. And are you sure it wasn't just new ones coming out? Because usually they come out, they kind of start out with the lime green, and then they go white as they get bigger. No, they the even the old like the the white ones that were originally yeah, yeah. bought it. They turn all everything turned lime green. Huh. 
And so I thought, well, what am I doing? Yeah, I know that sounds, I haven't heard it that way because usually they will come out green a bit and then they go white as they mature. I've never seen it go back the other way. Whatever you're using, reversing age, maybe we should all have some of that. No. (laughs) These were a bright lime color. I mean, it was still beautiful. Yeah. But, you know. I wonder, yeah, because, huh. Yeah, curious. See, let me know what it does this year. Okay, and how often should I? I'll should give it a fertilizer once a week. Once a once yeah. a week, right? Yeah, right up until mid July. Mid July, and then no more after that. Yeah. After, okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and we have a little bit of time still. We're going to go to Kim in Strathmore. Good morning, hey, Kim. How's it going this morning? Good. How are you? Good. Good. We've got a new set of billowy gray clouds rolling in from the northwest, and it almost looks like, oh, it's going to be another rainstorm. I've seen that. I'm sort of looking, I'm looking out to the southwest, and it looks like some of that's coming in from that side as well, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm outside with shorts on, and I've got gloves on my hands. Like, that's how cool the wind is. It's like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. When's it going to be nice and warm? No kidding. So I have a couple questions. All right. I I know that when you start out asparagus by seed, it takes about three years for you to actually get anything. But I got the root systems, and I had them put in there now yep. for three years. First year, I got that little wispy piece of spaghetti as yep. a... And now, being the third year, I've, I'm noticing I've covered the bed with my leaf mulch in the fall, and then I pulled off the leaf mulch, and I thought, nothing's coming up, nothing's coming up. And lo and behold, there's about an inch and a half and about a quarter inch thick asparagus showing its... Oh, nice. So you're starting to get the spears this year. Yes, yes. Thank goodness. Um, so my question is, I know that the um, root systems, when you buy them, let's say at Walmart or Canadian Tire, whoever, um, when you start with your asparagus, you don't get harvest probably, what, from three to five years? Yeah, say? you start getting in the third year. Then there is, oh. yeah, I know um, we get ours um, from a really good, there's different grades of roots that you buy too. So sometimes when you are buying them at say a Walmart or some of the places, yeah. sometimes it's a lower grade. I know a lot of your independent garden centers, we yeah. all try to carry a, like a number one grade roots and things like that. So and does typically that have little, that written right on the package? Well, typically, yeah, because it's the same thing. Like there's this guys when you're buying it for a buck, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. So yeah. again, just a, just a good quality. Same with trees and shrubs. Like there's part grade, number one grade, and there's some that just don't. Whenever they're selling something, certain varieties go to some places, and other ones go to different grading. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. like your meat, like they have double yeah. A, triple A, yeah. sterling, blah blah blah. So. So we probably get in about grade when we're going into some of it no, well some of you get sometimes there's less grade for sure so yeah, i yeah. would just again fertilize really well that does like the 15 30 15 okay, for your asparagus yeah and uh and this when they get about six eight inches you can harvest those and uh you see how many you get this year okay thank you all right so that's my asparagus question now back to the strawberry mode um, again, I put leaf mold over for the fall winter, pulled off the leaf mold, and nothing is showing any kind, much signs of green up at all in my bed. But when yet did around you the remove house, the I've mulch? Got strawberries up three or four inches already. Yeah, when did when did you remove the mulch? Um, about two weeks ago. 
Yeah, and if it's wide out in the open, it might be just, again, being covered up. That would have kept it frozen longer, so it's going to take a bit longer for that soil to heat up. And like you said, up around the house, they're coming because it was a lot warmer. So I would just, yeah, just be yeah. patient, give it a good soaking, and uh, see what it does. Okay, back to the strawberries. I remember when I was growing up and there was a neighbor when I was young, and she was putting her manure on the strawberries. I know sometimes you can have soil that's too sweet and then not sweet enough like yeah and compost yeah so you yeah, what type of compost you're using again a good sea soil works really well a granular yeah. fertilizer like the groundskeepers yeah. pride the 845 works really good um and just a regular fertilizer for your strawberries again 15 30 15 that's a great one one other small question. Years ago when I worked with a landscaper and he gave me the jits on fertilizers, are the numbers based out of 100 um, parts of fertilizing? You know, when you get a 15, yes. 30, 10, that's yeah. 60 out of 100. Yeah. So the other filler, yeah. is that yeah. correct? that's correct. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine these companies that do it like a 426. It's like, Okay, so you're getting 12 grams of real fertilizer, but the rest is all filler. You're well, and depends and depends what they're filling it with, yeah. and and also a lot of the organics. It just works a little differently, though, right? It's deceiving. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard to explain over the radio, and maybe I'll yeah. get Sheldon in here one of these days again to give us the the sure. Coles terms on the uh, the Coles explanation on <laughs> on the fertilizer. Gets it breaks it down a little simpler. All right. Well, thank thanks, you Kim. so much. You guys do a great job. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I think I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go right to the phone line. I'm going to chat with June. Good morning, June. Good morning, Merrill. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? I have, I'm, I'm no green thumb. I'm going to tell you that right now. But my daughter gave me this Christmas cactus about four years ago. It's growing wonderful. I spray it. I water it from the bottom, and it soaks up the water like mad. Yeah. But do they? can they become pot-bound? Should I be getting it in a bigger pot, maybe? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Sort of every four years, something like that. Sounds like about time to give it a nice transplant, give it some fresh soil, okay. and uh, it'll definitely appreciate that. Do you, do you do anything with fertilizer with these things? Yeah, it does like the 15-30-15, higher middle number. That's good for flowering plants. Okay. I get, a, I get a flower now and then, but it's just a little wee tiny thing, and it hangs there, and then it drops off. It, I don't know what, my friend has one and the flowers are huge. What kind of light do you leave it in? Well, I have it on my east window, but I have to pull the curtains when the sun's out. Yeah. But then as soon as the sun goes off the, side, the east side, I open up my curtains and it, and it just, it sat there ever since day one. Yeah, you could, it could use maybe a bit more light as well. Like if you can move it, is there another part of the house where you could put it? Well, I can't put it on a windowsill because it's too big. Yeah, but just somewhere just out from the window, it just... It could use a bit more light. Well, it's, it's right in the light when I pull the curtains. Okay, okay. Yeah, just give it as much light as possible. That definitely helps with the blooms. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we are going to do a couple giveaways here. So um, to the next callers who can name 
the pink flower that is blooming right now that Chris talked about, it's a, it's a tree, a shrub that is blooming. If you can give us a call, 403-974-8255. Or if you have any questions or if you need to get a big yellow bag or you need some junk all the way, give us a call at 403-974-8255. And we'll do a couple giveaways here. And uh, we'll go from there. If you need a big yellow bag or need some help with uh, hauling some junk away, we'd be more than happy to help you out. All right. And right now I'm going to go to the text line. I got my hawthorn is only leafing out at the tips. How can I help? Again, a lot of our trees and shrubs have gone through a bit of a drought tolerant thing. And and uh, they're having an issue with that. So what I would do is give it slow, deep watering and fertilize with a 20-20-20, a good all-purpose. If it's a flowering thing like a Hawthorne, maybe a 15-30-15 would be another good one to use with that. And and that will help out. But it's in, it's a slow, deep watering. Even if you don't have the fertilizer, the watering is one of the biggest com- components that you can definitely help out with. And good morning. Would spiderwort get through a winter in a planter barrel on the south side of the house? If not, can you name a perennial that would planter? I would use, if it's a fairly big planter, again, switch to some succulents, hens and chicks, things like that. Um, they work very, very well for for wintering in small pots. They have really small root systems, so any of the succulents work really, really well and uh, and go from there and give that a try. And I got lots of callers on there, but Gord's just going through getting the questions answered and then... I'll see who's going to win our big yellow bag. And, sorry, is Annabelle good for the shade or the bobo? Um, The bobo isn't um, as good for the shade. The Annabelle hydrangea is the best one for the shade. It works really, really good. And we'll go from there. And, Gord, how are we making out there? I guess we're getting there. (laughs) Sorry, it was a little bit, uh, I know. Okay, okay, and that's in the number one. All right, we'll just go to caller one. Do you want to put her on hold there for me, Gord? And I will just uh, go to there. Good morning. Hi. Hi there. So you're going to be our winner of the big yellow bay. Or no, you got the 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Yeah. Awesome. So congratulations. You are winner of $100 gift cards towards the services of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, your full-service junk removal company that handles all the tough stuff. Just point and the junk disappears. (laughs) Sounds pretty easy. Sounds great. All right. Um, Do you have any questions while I have it on? No. Just get rid of my junk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. I think Gord already has all your info, so I will let you go. And thanks for thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Okay. Does you need my address? Yeah, I'll I'll just put you back on hold. Oh, okay, and if you thank can get you that. so much. All right. You're very welcome. Bye bye. And I guess I'm just waiting. We have one more giveaway. We're going to do the big yellow bag, which everyone loves, and and I like to say that is our first sign of spring when you see the big yellow bags getting put all over. Um, the Calgary area, we sort of first sign of spring, and uh, the good folks at Eagle Lake Turf and Landscape Supply give those away. And can you suggest? All right, and the winner of that, the winner of that is online too. Let me just see how Dwight's doing. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, how you doing, Merle? Good, good. 
So you are the winner of the Big Yellow Bag, delivered directly to your home from the good folks at Eagle Lake Professional Landscaping. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. can use dirt, too. Absolutely. It's great stuff. So, And uh, yeah. have any questions at all that you need while you're having you on the line? Yeah, I'm just wondering how that tomato plant's doing that I dropped off for you. Actually, that one's doing not too badly. It's under the lights. It's uh, it's growing quite nicely, so I yeah. totally appreciate that. Yeah, it should be about 16 inches tall, 18. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit less than that, but it's not bad. I got neglected a little bit, so <laughs> we're, we're ah. I think we're about 8 to 10. <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank you so much. I'll put you on hold here, and, uh, and Gord will get you all set up. Okay, Perfect. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go to the text line. It says, can you suggest some plants underneath a pine? Under a spruce tree, it is pretty tough to get some things growing, and a lot of it isn't It's too outline or, or too much... Uh, it's mainly the problem is that there's just not enough nourishment underneath there. The spruce tree has eaten everything up and all the moisture. It works like a big umbrella and takes everything away. So if you do want to grow anything under, the, one of the key things to do is add an irrigation head or ensure that the watering does happen underneath there, and that will definitely help. Um, Goutweed, I've seen grow underneath there. That's that snow in the mountain. Uh Junipers will typically grow a little bit more, not right under, deep under the shade, but, um, and you can lift some of the bottom branches up. Some of the other pines will do well underneath there. But again, it's more um, putting bark mulch and and water underneath there as well. Burginia is another one that I've seen. <laughs> and Ron just texts me, he says, thistles will grow there. But yeah, um, we try not to grow those under there. But yeah, that was that was what I would recommend, and and just there's a few succulents, but more I try to just use accents underneath. If I'm doing a landscape design underneath spruce trees, is put some boulders underneath there, um, maybe a bird bath, little something something else, just to give them a little bit of water, a little bit of 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 texture, a little bit of interest underneath your your spruce tree will work really really well for that kind of thing. But it is it's a tough one. It's more. Like I said, it's more the lack of moisture, lack of food underneath there rather than it's too alkaline or or doesn't need neutralizing from the lawn. And I know a lot of guys have done testing on that. That would uh, attest to the exact same thing. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open. We can have a couple, maybe have one or two quick questions. That's 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm just going through the text as well. And I got another one and uh, another suggestion on we recommended last year was the ambush for the Japanese lily beetle infestation. He said kill them the first year of the week and and worked well all the way through the whole season. So you can give that one a try and... Uh, and that's ambush. And these are all spray contact. And it doesn't hurt to soak around the around the soil when you're trying to get your Japanese beetles there, those red lily beetles, because they they will come in from the ground and things like that. And I got a couple more here. Hi, Merle. Will Pierce Bay Green stop the jumping white flies in the lawn? Absolutely. And those little leaf hoppers, things like that, it will work absolutely on those kind of things. And... No, no colors. Okay. 
Okay. And where else are we going to go? I got, oh, that was already the quack grass. One thing that I recommend right now to finish off the show is this. If you're heading out to the garden centers, um, really what you're looking for, if you're looking into your yard and if you're looking for, for shade, or you're looking for things, just try and make sure you have a bit of a plan together. If, you have a, if you're looking to do a bit of landscaping, if you take a picture of your yard before you head to the garden center, that definitely helps um, with the people trying to help. Get the right tree for the right location. And if you have, I know I'm getting a lot of people with wet areas in their yard, especially in the more the southeast area of Calgary. Um, there's quite a bit of a wet spot. You, if you mound up some of those areas where you're going to plant, that'll definitely help with, with the planting. It'll keep them from sitting in water the whole time. And that is me for, that is it for now. Until next week, you've been listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.